Thank you all for being here today on the Lord's Day. We're glad that we can worship together to our Creator as we studied in Bible class this morning, how important that is, and, uh, and so it's wonderful that we can be together to do that today. There are some sins that we view as really, really bad. For example, murderers are almost unanimous, unanimously viewed as evil in our society, even as wicked as the society that we live in is today. Thieves, likewise, are almost categorically condemned for their sin, and they're punished for that. Our society has no trouble with condemning murderers or thieves. There are sins across the board that people are quick to condemn and put the label of sin on. But on the other hand, there are a lot of sins that are more socially acceptable, if you will. Sins that we don't always see as bad or as sinful. It is that way in the lives of those in the society we live in, and sadly it's that way in the lives of Christians, I'm afraid, that there are these socially acceptable sins that we don't view as being that bad. And as a result, I would propose to you that those are maybe the most dangerous sins, the sins that we overlook, the sins that we ignore, because they don't elicit the same response when they're in the lives of others, and they don't hang our conscience, I'm afraid, when they're in our lives. They're often overlooked, and they're dangerous. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 15, in the passage that Joseph just read for us, I want to propose to you that we have one of those socially acceptable sins that's mentioned as an evildoer or as a busybody in other people's matters. Here listed with the sins that everyone agrees is bad is a sin that's often accepted. The sin of being a busybody is much more acceptable to us than the sin of being a murderer or as a thief. And in fact, it is a sin that God condemns. And it is a sin that we may engage in from time to time and think nothing about it. And yet God says, don't be a busybody in other people's matters. Let's look this morning at this socially acceptable sin. And let's look at what we can do to be aware of it and find it in our lives and prevent it in our lives. What is being a busybody? Vocabulary.com defines busybody as a busybody is a nosy, meddling person who's very interested in what other people say and do. If you're a busybody, you can't help offering advice to friends whether they want it or not. That's what Vocabulary.com says. Dictionary.com says a busybody is a person who pries into or meddles in the affairs of others. And Webster's defines busybody as an uh, officious or inquisitive person. I had to look up the officious person, what that is, that definition, in case you have to need help with that like I did. That's one who volunteers one's services where they're neither asked nor needed. A busybody is someone who offers their services where they're not asked or plainly is nosy. 
God says, don't be a busybody. There are some several words that are translated busybody in the New Testament from the Greek. One is a compound word, alatrikapas, which is not how you say it. That's just a guess. I a tr- uh, my efforts there. It's from two words, alatrios, which is not your own, and episkopos, which we understand, and we understand that word as an overseer or a bishop. In other words, overseeing what is not your own. Being a busybody in other people's matters. Overseeing things that are not your own. Strong defines this word as overseeing others' affairs, or in other words, being a meddler. Another word that's translated busybody is perigadzohai, and it literally means to work around, to work around. It's presented in contrast to working in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning verse 10. The idea of working around, notice this. Uh, For when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone would not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some of you who walk, uh, walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. They weren't working like they should, but they were working around. In other words, working around in other people's business, but not working in their own. They were busybodies. Isn't that how the sin of being a busybody takes root often? Instead of focusing on our own lives and what we're supposed to be doing, we focus on the lives of others and what they're doing and what we think they should be or shouldn't be doing. We get to be a busybody. Being a busybody in other people's matters. Being nosy, prying, meddling, offering your services when they weren't requested. Being a busybody. And the Bible tells us that this is a learned trait. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. These widows, these younger widows, Paul says they shouldn't be taken into the number because they're going to learn bad habits. They're going to learn bad habits, and one of those bad habits that they would learn is being a busybody. I think we've seen this in others, or maybe even seen it in ourselves, how becoming a busybody becomes a habit. Being nosy, prying, meddling, it becomes a habit in our lives, sadly information from us. noticed it in those around us, others that are nosy, always prying maybe for information from us. But could, could it be and has it become a habit for us as well? This prying, nosy, inquisitive characteristic. It's a learned trait. It becomes a habit. And when it becomes a habit, I want to tell you, it destroys our influence on others. Look at 1 uh, Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse 12, First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse, I'm sorry, verse 9, beginning. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in Macedo- all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands as we commanded you, 
that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, that you may lack nothing. There are some characteristics in our lives that destroy our influence. A foul tongue will destroy our influence. A hot temper will destroy our influence. A lack of self-control will destroy our influence. Hypocrisy will destroy our influence. What do I tell you? This socially acceptable sin of being a busybody? Paul says it will destroy our influence. He says, mind your own business. Lead a quiet life. Lead a quiet life. Mind your own business. Why? That you may walk properly toward those who are outside. Being a busybody. Being concerned about things that are not our business will be a detriment to our influence on others. And this sin of being a busybody is not one that God takes lightly. We might think, oh, it's not that big a deal. I'm just a little nosy. I just like to pry a little bit. I like to get a little information. I like to stick this nose where it doesn't belong. Not a big deal. No, God puts it in that category of sins. Sin's sin, right? And God puts it up there with murder and with thieving and with evil doing. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 15. This is a sin that if it is left unchecked will endanger our soul's salvation. It's a serious sin. One that we may have overlooked, but it is a serious sin. And since it is a serious sin, we have to ask, what causes it? What would motivate me to want to pry into your life? What would motivate me to want to mind your business instead of minding my own? What causes this sin? As with any sin, there are characteristics in our lives that make one sin of more of temptation to us than to others. There are characteristics in our lives that can open the door to us being tempted to certain sins. For instance, if you're a type A person, you're probably going to be more tempted to lose your temper than a type B person. If you're a type A person, you might be a little more tempted to run off at the mouth than a type B person. But that doesn't mean that the type B person gets off on a free ride. No, the type B person is probably going to be a little more tempted to be slothful, maybe, or procrastinate things that need to get done. Our personalities and things in our lives open the door to certain types of temptations. And so it is, I believe, with this idea of being a busybody. I believe the sin of being a busybody is a danger for us if we have the problem of pride in our life. Pride is a big challenge to many, if not most, people and most of us. The desire to be first, the desire to be best, the desire to be prominent, all take its root in the idea of pride. I want to be better than you. I want to be viewed as more important than you. I'm more special than you are. I'll tell you, the sin of pride opens the door to this sin of being a busybody. In Matthew chapter 20, beginning in verse 20, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's on his way to Jerusalem, not on vacation. He's going there to be crucified, and he knows full well what's going to happen. And he's just got done telling his disciples what's going to happen when they get to Jerusalem. He's going to be crucified. And notice the ridiculous question that he's asked by James and John's mother. Look, how, look at this, an inappropriate question, beginning in verse 20. 
Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may set one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and to be baptized with the baptism I'm going to be baptized with? They said to him, We are, we are able. So he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with my baptism that I'm baptized with. But to set on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my father. But Jesus called them to himself and ten heard it. They were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. As inappropriate as, as it was for them to seek prominence, so it is for us. And when I'm proud, when I am lifted up in my pride, I think I'm better at something than you are. And so I look for things in your life to prove it, don't I? I've got this pride problem, and I want to be better than you, and so what i got to do, i got to pry into your life. I've got to look for things in your life that show me that I'm better than you after all. I put my nose where it doesn't belong, so that I can identify something I view as inadequate in your life, or something I think that you're not doing right in my opinion, so that I can boost this high opinion of myself. And I can also reinforce this low opinion that I have of you. Pride, I want to tell you, opens the door to this idea of being a busybody. And pride may make being a busybody or nosy a temptation in another way. If I feel that I'm better than you, then my opinion is that you need my help so that you can be as good as me in other areas of your life. If I feel that I'm better than you, maybe in my finances. You know, I've got, I'm really good at my finances. You ought to see my balance sheet. Boy, when that comes in the mail every, every month, boy, it's just impressive how good I am at my finances. I need to get into your finances. I need to stick my nose in your finances. I need to find out how much did you pay for that car? Where exactly are you going out to eat? Where are you staying on your vacation? Because, boy, you ought to be as good at your finances as I am because of this pride. And now I'm going to stick my nose into your business. Or maybe I'm a really good parent. You know, I got my kids right where they need to be. They're excelling in school. They're wonderful in athletics. Everything is great, but I don't know about your kids. It can cause us to be lifted up. Either I'm going to be looking for inadequacies in your life so I can boost my pride. Or if I'm already there, then everybody ought to be as good as me. I'm going to stick my nose and try and help you. In your life so you can be as good as me. Pride can open the door to this sin of being a busybody. I tell you, boredom can also open the door to being a busybody. Sometimes our lives can seem sort of boring. We do the same things every day. We get up at the same time. We do this routine at the same way. We eat the same foods. We wear the same clothes. We go to the same places. It just sort of gets sort of boring. We need a little variety. We need to spice things up a little bit. 
And there's an easy remedy to that boredom. And there's an easy way to spice things up. Just become a busybody. Just start, start putting your nose in other people's business. Just start prying a little bit. And so you can learn more about other people. And then your life will become interesting like a, an exciting movie or a novel. You'll know everything about what's going on everywhere with everybody around you. Put your nose in their business. All the juicy details are yours to enjoy. No longer do you have to be locked into your boring life. No, you can be a busybody and be engaged in the boring life of everybody else around you. Got something to do now. And these prying these details out of unsuspecting people is going to take work. And so that solves the problem of not having anything to do. Now you've got something to do. Go start prying and start pulling stuff out of people so you can know what's going on. Boredom was clearly the cause of being a busybody or being nosy with those younger widows in 1 Timothy chapter 5, beginning of verse 11 again. But refuse the younger widows, for when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, and they desire to marry, having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Instead of working, they were doing that working around, weren't they? They were going from house to house, putting their nose where they shouldn't be, putting their nose. That was the danger, because they were idle. Instead of being idle, we need to be active. And finally, I want to tell you that another cause of being a busybody is quite simply a lack of love. When we're a busybody, when we're getting our nose and we're prying in other people's business, doesn't it display a total lack of love? We don't care about other people's privacy. We don't care about what they want us to know and what they don't want us to know. We want to know something, and so we're going to get it out of them. We're going to pry. We're going to ask the leading questions. We're going to put them in an uncomfortable position. Why? Is it for their best interest? No. It's just so I can know what I want to know, because I'm curious. Because I want to know something about their life, and so I'm going to put them in that awkward position. I'm going to ask them that uncomfortable question. I'm going to try and get them to reveal to me things that they don't want to reveal because I'm a busybody. I don't love them like I should. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning verse 9, talks about this sin. Tells us that we need to have love. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you to love them more. Well, why? How do I peace more and more? You love people already? Love them more. Well, why? How do I do that? That you increase more and more, that you also aspire to live a quiet life, to mind your own business. When I go prying into your details of your life, in areas that have no relevance to me, just because I'm curious, because I want to be a busybody, I don't love you like I should. Love for others will demand that we avoid the sin of being a busybody. Not only is this a bad sin, not only does God view it very bad, poorly, there are also a lot of other sins that are associated with it. It's one of those things that's a package deal. When you get one, you get the other. You get some other sins associated with this. When you become a busybody, first off, you get the sin of gossip. 
back in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. And besides, they learned to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying the things which they ought not. When you get this juicy bit of information, this information that you've been working pretty hard to get out of somebody, by the way, you've really been prying and, and poking around trying to get this information. When you get the information, boy, you got to tell it, don't you? you got to share it with others. you got to gossip. Gossip is a terrible sin. A sin that destroys, and it is a sin that's closely associated with this idea of being a gossip. The sin of slander is as well. Beyond simple gossip, the busybody, because of their pride, because of the negative feelings they have towards others, they want to run the other person down. They want to slander that person. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 9 says, The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous will be delivered. I'm not only going to gossip about you. I'm going to try and run you down. I'm going to try and slander you. I'm a busybody many times. I tell you, the sin of idleness is also closely associated with this. God expects us here in this life to be busy, to be working, to be active. And it is hard to be working and active and be a busybody. On the other hand, it's hard to be a busybody and be working. They don't go together. Many times they're associated. Um, don't go. They, they go together. Many times they're associated being idle and being a busybody. Verse Timothy five thirteen again. Besides, they learn to be idle, and as closely associated with idle is they become busybodies. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse eleven says, "For we hear that there are some who walk among you disorder in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but they're busybodies." Do you see the, how they're together? Many times, being idle opens the door to uh, being a busybody. They are sins that often go together. It's a sin that God condemns. It is a sin that will destroy us and our relationship with others. We need to know how to prevent it. How do I prevent this sin of being a busybody? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 through 11 that we've looked at already, I believe, has many helpful hints and tips for us on how to do this. Read with me again one more time. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. First off, if we want to prevent the sin of being a busybody, we need to love others like we should. We need to work on developing a love, not just for the people that we're close with or the people that we like. We need to work on developing a love for everyone. We need to love. If we'll love like we should, it's going to be very hard to be a busybody. Furthermore, we need to live a quiet life, it says. We urge you, brethren, that you aspire to lead a quiet life. A life that doesn't borrow trouble. A life that doesn't have to be engaged in everybody else's life. But that we're going to live a quiet life. And that's not just something that just happens. No, you have to aspire to that. You have to work towards that. Being satisfied with a quiet life. I don't have to be involved in your life and your life and put my nose in everybody else's bed. I'm going to live a quiet life. 
And I need to mind my own business, it says. Mind your own business. Our kids have to be reminded many times. And I imagine kids in families everywhere throughout time have had to be reminded to mind your own business. So many times our kids get worked up about what a sibling is doing. And all in the lather about what so-and-so did or didn't do. And we have to say, mind your own business. And so it is with us as adults many times. Many times we get all worked up about what somebody is or isn't doing. And Paul says, mind your own business. And finally, he says, we need to work with our own hands. Get busy. If we'll be busy, we won't have time to be a busybody. We need to love. We need to live a quiet life. We need to mind our own business. And we need to work with our own hands. Now, I realize that after a lesson like this this morning, after the last amen is said, everybody is going to be afraid to even ask how you're doing to anybody else for fear of being nosy being a busybody. Let's conclude this morning with some questions that we can ask ourselves to help us determine if what I'm about to ask is in fact displaying the characteristics of being a busybody or being nosy or prying where I shouldn't be prying. Ask yourself these questions when you're in conversation with someone and wanting some information. First question you need to ask is, am I motivated by love? Is my conversation and my interest in their life, is it motivated by love? Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says, Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Am I loving them? Is this the kind of questioning that I'd want from them? Is this the kind of interest that I'd want from them in my life? Am I motivated by love in this discussion? Also ask yourself the question, am I asking this question to pass judgment on others in matters of judgment? You know, a lot of times we want to know something so we can look down our noses at somebody for something that they did that we wouldn't do. Not a matter of right or wrong, but a matter of judgment. So where'd you eat last night? Do I want to know because I'd like to know if it's a good place to eat, or am I asking that because, I, oh, that's too expensive on your, on your salary. You're being frivolous. Am I asking these questions so that I can pass judgment in matters of judgment? Romans chapter 10, 14, verses 10 through 13 says, But why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I, as I live, says the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account to himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or cause a uh, cause to fall in our brother's way. In matters of judgment, I need to keep my nose out of your business. We need to ask the question, am I asking this question, or am I trying to get this information so that I feel better about myself? Am I looking to boost my pride? By finding something out about someone that I could view as deficient or inept? Am I prying? Am I coming to busybody so that I feel better about myself? 
Am I asking this information so that I clock some information that I can share with others? Is the gossip mill getting sort of quiet? Do I need some more fodder? Do I need some more information? Is that why I'm crying? So that I can get some more stuff to spread around as gossip? Am I asking this so that I can get involved in some business that isn't my own? Am I trying to get involved in your business and it's not any of my business? Proverbs 26, verse 17 says, He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a dog by the ears. Is my life too boring? Am I looking for something to entertain me? Am I trying to get involved in somebody else's business? Do I think that my advice is so valuable that other people need it even if they haven't asked for it? Am I trying to get involved in other people's business? Am I living a quiet life? We need to ask that question. And am I satisfied with a quiet life? God wants me to lead a quiet life. Am I doing this? Do I realize it's God's will for me? Or do I have to go and get involved in other people's business? Am I leading a quiet life? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, we've looked at already. Tell us we need to be living quiet lives. Finally, we just need to ask, is this any of my business? Do I need to know? Do I need to know this information? Will it help the other party if I know it? Do I need to know? Or am I just being a busybody? First Timothy chapter 5, verse 13, as we said, tells us we need to not be prying in other people's business. In Luke chapter 12, beginning of verse 13, Jesus is presented a conflict between two brothers, and Jesus says, it's not my business. Jesus didn't put himself in that. Look in Luke chapter 12, beginning of verse 13. Luke 12, verse 13, Then one of the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he, that's Jesus, said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? Jesus didn't get involved in other people's business. And we need to be like him. We need to stay out of things that aren't our business. Being a busybody is a terrible trait to have in our lives. It destroys relationships. It destroys families. It destroys churches. And ultimately, it destroys souls. It's a terrible thing. And even though it might be socially acceptable or not focused on, we need to focus on it in our lives and make sure that we're not guilty of being a busybody ourselves. And one of the consequences of being a busybody is that we often don't focus on ourselves, isn't it? Being a busybody puts the focus on everybody else around me and not on myself. We're too busy focusing on others. While we're good at seeing the shortcomings of others, we often ignore the shortcomings of our own lives. Have we been guilty of being a busybody? If so, now is the time to repent. Turn from this sin before it does any more damage to your life or the lives of those around you. Being a busybody is a terrible thing. What about you this morning? Are you living as you should? Are you dedicated to God and serving Him? Have you turned from your sin? Have you named Christ in baptism? 
you're here this morning and you're not living like you should, can we help you be in a better relationship with God? If there's a way that we can help, will you let us know while we stand and sing?